Welcome to this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. I'm Melissa Zimmerman, and I'm super happy that you decided to join me today. Today, I am joined by a really good friend of mine, uh, somebody that I've known for several years and somebody that I had the privilege of working with. Today, my guest on the show is Denise Marsh. Denise is an associate pastor with Victory Church. Uh, She is on staff at their Edmond campus, and uh, she is in charge of just all things Victory Edmond. That's what I like to say she does it all. Uh, She is a wife and a mother, and she has some amazing stories about her life and about healing, and I just think that you will love to hear them. So welcome to the show, Denise. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm super glad you're here, too. So uh, I want my listeners to get acquainted with you. Uh, Denise is fun. She is beautiful, and she is she is a loving person, and and I just think that that is such a gift to the world. Oh, thank you. So, tell us a little bit about you. You're married, married, um, twenty six years Woo-hoo! now. Yeah, long time. Um, have two girls that are twenty and eighteen, and one goes to TKU in Texas, where Pastor John's president of, and the other one has been doing concurrent at UCO and finishing high school. Wow, overachieving girls yes. in your life—that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And um, and so, how long have you been on staff at Victory? Oh my gosh, um, six years. Just this past April. How would you define your role at Victory? Oh, it is a little bit of everything. It's funny because in Edmond, um, being a smaller campus, we all have to do kind of a little bit of everything. So I am the care pastor, technically, is my role. Um, Started out as the connections pastor, but um, really felt like God was pulling out more of the care pastor in me being an introvert. It's, (laughs) It's hard to be the outgoing, bubbly, you know, care pastor role. Um, so mainly care pastor, but then just filling in a little bit here and there and just making sure it all flows together. <laughs> That's awesome. How, how old were you when you knew that God had called you to ministry? You know, I have a crazy story. It's unusual, I think, but I was volunteering, um, in the coffee shop at the church. So I don't feel like I ever was called to ministry until I got thrown under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> So I was serving in the coffee shop, and Pastor Jane um, was at the Edmond campus. He's an associate pastor for Victory Church as well. Yes, Um, and she had moved away for a season, so she called me one day and said, Hey, guess what? I'm moving back um, to Iowa, and I was devastated because Pastor Jane's bubbly and amazing and outgoing and was just, you know, really the glue at Victory Edmond. And so a few minutes later, Pastor John was campus pastor at the time, and I get a text from him that said, can we talk? And I immediately knew what he was going to ask me, and I was scared to death, and I wanted to say no. (laughs) Um, But asked me if I would step into that role, and I felt like I had to say yes, that the Lord had lined it up. There was no other reason for it. So... That's kind of how things got started for me, and I have grown and learned so much, and I'm so thankful. I I sometimes pinch myself and think, Lord, thank you for calling me into this, because it has been such an amazing journey for me and my family. And so you didn't grow up saying, you know, I think I'm supposed to be in the ministry. I'm supposed to work for a mega church. No. Uh, You know, anything (laughs) like that. So how did you become a Christ follower? Uh, You know, 
I've always been in church. My parents were believers and always went to church. We were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Um, got saved at church camp one year. And I always knew um, that I love the Lord. I did not live for him for quite a long season. Um, I was living for me. And so that was always in the back of my mind. But really, until my husband and I got plugged in at church, I don't know that I would consider myself a serious Christ follower. So it wasn't until we got involved and started really growing in our walk um, that I think we put God first, finally. Mm -hmm. So that's for me, I don't feel like that season really started until I was in my 30s. And I think it's interesting. I think one of the things that you said is really important. And you said that when we got involved, mm-hmm. and which indicates that you began to surround yourself with other believers yes. who would disciple you and bring you along. And, and one of my beliefs is that relationships are one of the currencies of the kingdom. Yes. And speak to that just a little bit about how that impacted your life and maybe your husband's life and some things like that. Well, I think when we first started at Victory, we would come in a little bit late, sit on the back row, leave a little bit early, and we had each other to, we'd talk about the sermons and, you know, really um, dig a little bit deeper. But it wasn't until we got plugged in and started surrounding ourselves with other women and other men, even individually, um, that started causing us to want to go deeper and want to learn more and grow together as a couple. Um, So to me, that is vital. That Mm -hmm. was really what I I don't think I would be a pastor on staff if it were not for getting connected with other believers on a deeper level. So what would you say to maybe, let's let's address this from two different vantage points. What would you say to believers in the church as they, what can they do then to help other people who are maybe surface, more surface level Mm -hmm. attenders, believers, sort of like you guys were yeah. how can they how if you're in a if you're in a local body how can you best impact uh people in your church who maybe aren't on the as committed as they want to be or surround them with relationships what's what's some things they might be able to do to make that better well i think for me it was being asked mm-hmm. that was the key um believe it or not the very first person who ever asked us to be involved in anything was you i don't know if you remember <laughs> It was right before the Edmond campus was about to launch and you came, you just walked up to me and I don't know if that we'd ever met and you just introduced yourself and asked me if I was involved in a community group. And I said, well, you know, actually we're about to launch into Edmond. So even if we weren't doing Edmond, I think that would have been pivotal for me to say, okay, you know, I want to get involved. And when we did go to Edmond, um, Barb Swanson ask me, hey, do you want to help me paint this wall? And then do you want to help volunteer in the coffee shop? So those were the things that got us involved and pulled us in. Um, That was pivotal, just the the invite. The power of an invitation is profound. And I think it's so underestimated by people. Yes. Um, Just don't be afraid to ask. And what's the worst thing that someone can say? No. No. And okay. Yeah. You know, I know from my experience when I worked as a small groups pastor, um, I would ask the same person. I I talked with one lady specifically. I just intentionally asked her if she was part of a small group. She said no. And I said, would you like to join one? She said she didn't really know. And so intentionally, I just, I've chatted with her every Sunday for six months 
before she actually got involved in yep. in the church and then she became a leader and and she moved on to do great things and i think the power of an invitation and the power of that relationship develop development is strong because they might tell you no at first right but if they have a relationship with you, it makes it easier for them to say yes. Exactly. And as we love people and show them the, the grace of God and the love of God in, in developing relationships with people, um, it's, it's a great witnessing tool. It is. I it is. It. And so um, now once you then talk, we talked about it a little bit about how you got started. And, and I just said a couple of things about ways we can help other people connect. Or can you think of some other ways or some other things that you like to do that help people connect as well? Well, I think the power of social media, I know I've had people who I didn't even realize were watching what we were doing or what I was doing, reach out to me and say, Hey, I see that you guys are really involved in this and it looks like a great thing. And I'd love to be a part. So just checking in or if you're doing a Bible study, you know, letting them know. Um, Just social media can be huge right now, especially in this season. And I think moving forward, we've realized the power of that. So just letting them know what's available, Um, you know, mentioning it, having that network out there, I think can be a great tool. Right. And again, it goes back to the power of the invitation. Yes. So uh, one of the things I really wanted you to talk about today is um, your experience with healing. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that story. Okay. Um, Crazy story. And I'll do, I'll back up just a little bit because I feel like this is part of it. My dad was diagnosed with MS when I was eight. Um, He was a strong believer, an amazing man of God, always believed that God would heal him. And I saw God use the disease that he had um, his entire life. He ended up in the nursing home about the last 15 or 20 years of his life. And God used him there to minister to others and um, when he passed away, I knew that he had received his healing. So for a long part of my life, I always felt like, well, definitely God provides healing. He provided it on the cross, but I didn't see the evidence of it in my dad's life. So um, I think we kind of always walk through things thinking, well, no matter what, just keep pressing forward and God's going to use it either way. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to now, um, a couple of years ago, my husband Darren had been trying to watch what he was eating and exercising and I he was kind of discouraged because he wasn't losing weight, but I knew his numbers were probably better, his triglycerides and stuff. So I said, well, go to the doctor, let's get that checked and that'll encourage you. Well, they always call me with the results. <laughs> and so a few days later, I got a call and the nurse said his platelets are low and i was like excuse me because <laughs> no history of anything like that in our family and not what i was expecting to hear and you know of course at first they're like well it could be lab error just come back and we'll test him again so we didn't really think much about it and Right before he went back to have them tested again, one of the ladies on the prayer team at our church came up to me on a Sunday and she said, I feel like God has a word for you and he wants you to know that he's about to take you higher up the mountain than you've ever been. And at first I was like, yes, I'm being rewarded. This is great. And so I went home, started researching mountain climbing. And the first thing I came across said, the higher up the mountain, the more treacherous the path. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't really like that. 
Um, and then I found things about how the oxygen, it's harder to breathe and it's just more difficult. And so I kind of set that aside. I was like, okay, well, I don't really like that. We'll just deal with that later. And that week they called back and said, numbers are still low so you have to go to a hematologist and I knew I had worked for a doctor for many years I knew that could be something very serious right um, so we went to the hematologist and they had to rule out first thing they tested him for was HIV for hepatitis um, they did not want to check for leukemia right away because that's a pretty um, invasive test they have to drill into your hip bone <laughs> So the first thing they did was put him on high dose steroids, extremely high dose steroids, um, did nothing. His numbers kept dropping. Normal range is 150 to 400,000 on your platelets. Um, when we first went in, I think he was at about 15,000 and they kept dropping down. So they put him in the hospital for two days and gave him uh, immunoglobulin, which is an IV. Mm -hmm. That raised him up, but then within a couple of days, it fell back down. And so they got to the point where they were down to 4,000. So wow. we were now at brain bleed level. Right. He could have had an instant brain bleed and died. Which, side note, he never had any symptoms. He never felt bad. He never knew any of this was going on Wow. in his body. We would have never known. I tell people it was almost as if we were fighting a battle on paper. Mm-hmm. And so um, they actually put him through four weeks or four rounds of chemotherapy, did nothing. Wow. And his, it just, it would not budge. So at that point they had to test for leukemia. Um, actually had a nurse come to our house and did it there. It was pretty wild to watch. I guess so. <laughs> that was negative. And so they came back with, this is just, it's called idiopathic thrombocytopenia, which is low platelets for no, no reason. Right. Basically autoimmune disorder where your body just starts destroying its own platelets. So at that point they said, you know, he's just going to have to be on a shot every week for the rest of his life. You're going to have to, you know, your vacations will have to be built around this. You're going to have to alter everything because if he doesn't get that shot, he can die. And the shot was very expensive. Thankfully, we had good insurance. But it was it was a really scary time. But when he was in the hospital for those two days getting the immunoglobulin, I was just praying, Lord, what's going on? How do you want to use this? I know this is for your kingdom, so how do you want to use this? And I felt like God, you know those times when you feel like God almost audibly speaks to you? Mm -hmm. And he said, this isn't about him. This is about what I can do through him for his glory, for my glory. And so I knew then it just was like a release. I was like, okay. And I told Darren, I said, this isn't about you. I'm sorry. I know you're the one that's going through this and you're the one with the low plates, but this is for God's glory. And so he, we just felt like we were supposed to do what the doctor said and faithfully walk through. And um, the first time they gave him the shot, his his platelets shot up to 900,000. Wow. <laughs> so they knew, okay, that's a little too much, which you know, being a nurse at that point, we could have had a blood clot. <laughs> so every week they dialed it down. And for probably about two months, he just faithfully went every month. And we just still stood on the fact that 
this is for God's glory, whatever it may be, whether it be you walk through this and just continue to praise God in the process or, or if you're healed. So they finally got him to the right dosage where when they gave him the shot, he was in the normal range. And so the very next week he went in and they gave him that right dosage. And when they checked his platelets, he had, was in 900,000 again. And I knew right then, I said, you didn't need that shot. You were in normal range, and God's healed you. And his platelets have been normal ever since. And he quit taking shots? Yes. He's not had a shot. Um, we went back probably <laughs> five times over the course of a couple months just to make sure. Um, and I just know that that God healed him for a purpose and a reason, and it was for his glory, and that was scary, and I don't like mountain climbing. <laughs> But um, I was so thankful for that word because that, I just kept telling myself, you know, this is the mountain that God's taken us higher up for his glory. So that helped get us get through that. One of the things that I believe is that God is not afraid of the hard times in our life because in those times we'll learn something about him we wouldn't have learned any other way. Yes. So tell me, what do you feel like on the other side of that mountain or at the top of the mountain or wherever you're at in the mountain right now that God has, God has shown you? I, I think going back to what I said about my dad earlier, um, we may not always see healing this side of heaven. And he may use our story or our situation for his glory in the struggle. Um, I know that we all want to, I, I know Jesus died on the cross so that we might be healed and we can certainly live in that here. But I also feel like if we find ourselves where we're not receiving that healing for some reason or another, instead of questioning God, why am I not getting healed? Just continue to seek him. Ask him, how can this glorify you? Even if it's walking through that struggle and still saying, God is my healer, no matter what it looks like here. So I think for me, it was, it was beautiful to see God heal here on earth and then also to use someone that wasn't healed here on earth and he was glorified in both of those situations what would you say your dad's testimony was the bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony what would you say your dad's testimony was in that he didn't see the manifestation of healing on the earth well it's kind of become our family mantra is just to keep pressing forward you just keep your eyes on him um that we can't get wrapped up in just what we see with our human eyes that there's God's greater glory is going on. And I feel like he was just a testimony of staying strong in the Lord, even if it's not the results you want to see, no matter what. One of um, one of a lot of people's favorite verses is Philippians 4.13 that says, yes. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we think about that in terms of, well, I can push forward till I get my healing because God's going to give me the strength to do that. But the truth is Paul wrote that from prison and he wrote it in a terrible time in his life. And he said, in this terrible time, yes. I can do whatever has to be has to be done. I can do whatever has to be done for as long as I have to yeah. because God is going to strengthen me. Christ is my strength throughout this whole thing. And I think that's a beautiful testimony of your dad to walk through that episode of his life um, with the grace of God upon him Yes, and still loving the Lord in spite of the natural circumstances that didn't look like he would have wanted them to. Correct. And, and yet it's also 
no less, I mean, and that in itself is no less glorious than Darren receiving a miraculous healing here on the earth. Yes. And sharing that testimony. Because in either place, I think you, the testimony is God is faithful. Yes. No matter what. Whether we're good or bad, God is faithful. Yes. <laughs> Amen. And that is awesome. Yeah, I love so that. I love that you share that story. I love the, the, just the anointing on the story, the, the emotion behind the story. Um, I don't know how well the recording picked up, but that, that, and I know it did. I know the anointing to pick up that emotion behind the, the experience of watching Darren be healed. Yes. I mean, there's nothing, once, you, once you've experienced that, there's no going back. No. There's not. And I, I had a time after that, I thought, because he had been healed also of a kidney stone about a year before that. He had a kidney stone that was too large to pass. And when they went in to, you know, explode it or whatever they do, they couldn't find it. Oh, wow. <laughs> they had to bring him back in and do another scan. And they're like, well, it's gone. <laughs> so I had a season of like, okay, Lord, why is Darren getting all the healings? And um, you know, I know Darren's heart is, he's got such a good heart where he doesn't, um, he doesn't ever hold things against people. He's very easy to forgive and he faithfully takes communion and not saying that that's some kind of magical combination, but I do feel like if we search our hearts and we remember what God did for us and we receive the promise through that. Mm-hmm. that that's definitely part of the process of, you know, receiving all God has for us. Absolutely. It's a beautiful I think story. It's such a beautiful story, mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to have you on to share that story because it is so powerful. And it, and I love that the, the balance of, you know what, sometimes we get to walk through life and we don't see the manifestation of healing. Right. This, But the moment that we're with the Lord, we're 100% healed. Yes. You know. We win. We win. <laughs> and, and, you know, we have two choices. We can be healed or be healed. Yes. We can live or we can live. Yes. And, um, and that's a beautiful thing. And so I'm super grateful to you for coming to share that story with us. And, um, and I just want to always close out my podcast with just something fun we do this every single time and so it's just what i call the rapid fire questions um nothing deep and theological but just (laughs) fun and getting to know you a little bit more and um and so i would like to just ask you some fun questions don't don't think too hard just answer them okay all right right. and um and so what does the perfect friday night look for look like for you uh, for my husband to be home (laughs) he works he works on friday night so I think for me, um, just being able to do something right now, I would probably say going out to a restaurant because that would be nice. <laughs> going to get sushi, um, coming home, maybe watching a good movie and just relaxing in a hot tub if I had one. All right. <laughs> well, that's on the list, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Would you rather take a train or a plane? Oh, a train. I actually have been talking to my daughter about we should take the train to Dallas. Just. What? I just, I'm not a huge fan of flying. I, I do it because I know it gets me there faster, but I just think a train would be fun. Okay. Um, are you sweet or salty? Uh, sweet. Probably, sometimes I feel like I'm too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I used, people used to give me a hard time. They're like, oh, you're just so nice. You need to be a little bit rougher around the edges. <laughs> So I guess I lean towards the sweet side. Okay. Or did you mean like tasting stuff? (laughs) Tasting sweets. (laughs) Either way. Either way. I'm all sweet. Um, So would you rather have breakfast for dinner or dinner for breakfast? 
Um, breakfast for dinner. Well, chicken and waffles, man. That's that, where it's at. That chicken and waffles are <laughs> yes. great. They are for sure. Yes. Um, what is the what is the book that besides the Bible that's taught you a lot about the Lord? Um. Oh gosh, I really think. How come things leave me when I just suddenly decide to to mention it? <laughs> it was the one where the very first sentence is, "It's not about you." I'll think of it. Okay. Like when this is over. Well, if, um, if it swirls around, jot it back okay. in. Okay. But I, uh, I have to remind myself of that a lot. It's not about me. <laughs> yoga or running? Yoga. I don't run. <laughs> <laughs> if I run, it's because something scary is chasing me. Yes. That's the only reason. That's me. <laughs> yoga for sure. Who's teach, aside from, who's teaching you the most about Jesus right now? Oh, Gosh, well, I'm doing a Bible study that Pastor Jane is leading. So it's about power of a praying woman. Mm-hmm. And so right now that's the season I'm in and I love it. And so she's such a great leader. And um, I think Pastor Jane would be my answer. Okay. And she's referring to Pastor Jane Zahasky, yes. who is at Victory Church, who also is on my podcast feed. So go back and listen to her podcast because yes. it's great. She's amazing. She is amazing. Um just one more question that I'd like to ask you, okay. and that is this. Would you rather have hamburgers or hot dogs? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I like them both. All right. Actually, that wasn't my last question. My last question is this, and it's the last question I ask everybody on my show. And um, that is if you could say one thing, and one thing only to make Jesus famous, what would you say? Wow. Um, that as long as you're following him, you win. That's awesome. I mean, that's just, no matter what life looks like, you're going to win. That's that's the end result. That's a powerful truth for sure. So thanks for sharing that. Hey, thanks for joining me on my show today. What a great opportunity to have have you come and join me if you are interested in connecting with denise we will have all of the information to connect with her in our show notes how you can contact her maybe you're interested in having her come and share with your group or with your church we um, she would be available to do that and that would be uh, something that you would be so glad that you decided to do and i'll put all of her information in the show notes of how to connect with her and so uh thanks denise for hanging out with me Absolutely. So this is that time of my show when I ask for my trifecta of favors. If you enjoyed this podcast, and I hope you did, I'm sure you did, would you do me? Would you do three things for me? First of all, would you uh, just hit that subscribe button if you haven't already done that? Maybe today's the first time you've listened to one of our podcasts, and there's a lot of great people that I've had on my show, and plenty more to come. So hit the uh, hit the subscribe button. Wow, that was tough. Hit the subscribe button, and uh, all of the latest episodes will be in your feed. Second of all, would you give us a five star rating? on iTunes. It helps us bubble up to the top so people can find us a little bit easier. And finally, and probably the most important favor that I ask for you, would you just take a moment and share this podcast with your friends and invite them to give it a listen? There are so many amazing people on this podcast and your friends deserve to know them just like I do. And so thanks for joining us today. And remember, until we meet again, he doesn't waste a thing.